championship on the line right here. He's going for the corner. He's got it. Hello and welcome to 4th and 5, your Longhorn Nation podcast. I'm your host, Will Bazer, and I'm joined alongside by Darius Terrell. You guys are listening to the Hornscast channel, which you guys can find on any podcasting platform out there. Please subscribe and rate us. Today we're going to be talking about the spring practices. They are going on right now, going strong. Texas just had their first scrimmage, and we have some notes about where they are on offense and where they are on defense, and also taking a look at what surprises maybe coming out of spring ball from what we are hearing. Then we're going to talk about recruiting as we get into the thick of recruiting as it opens up on June 1st after a year and a half dead period. What should expectations be for this 2022 class? Then we're going to touch a little bit on basketball. Yeah, I know. We usually don't touch basketball here, but we're going to touch a little bit on it uh, with the recruiting changes under Chris Beard. What will they be with Howard Maligi heading your recruiting and touch on the transfers and the returning guys to Texas basketball. Darius, how you been, bud? Hey, what's going on, Will? What's up, everybody? Everything's good. Everything's good. Good to be back. I'm good to be on. Hope y'all uh, enjoy the show today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's It's been, what, two weeks now? But the thing is, is that there's not been a lot of news coming out from Texas because of, you know, the recruiting dead period or really just a lack of practices, it's hard to really tell what the team looks like. But we have had a scrimmage already. And from that scrimmage, we were able to get some notes and talk to some people on the team, talk to some people who've seen the scrimmage and seen the practices and kind of get a a little bit of a picture of what this team is shaping up to be right now for Steve Sarkeesian and how comfortable they are with these guys. I think you're going to start hearing a little bit of rumblings coming out here and there about some of the notes we were going to be talking about. I think we can say, uh, or at least I can say, my, my friends have told me that this offense, it seems to be a little, quote-unquote, behind schedule for what the coaches want. Darius, does that surprise you at all? No, usually when there are new coaches coming in, new staff or whatever, a new quarterback change, I mean, every year in the spring, and early part of fall camp, the defense usually is the one usually getting the advantage of the offense because, you know, the offensive line is going to be all on the same page. Folks are still learning their routes. Folks are thinking instead of just reacting. Usually the defense is ahead early on um, during the spring and, and during the early part of camp. So, no, that's, that, that's, not a, that's not a surprise to myself at all. Right. And also it seems to be that, you know, these skill guys are not exactly what <laughs> Steve Sarkeesian is used to. Under Alabama, surprise, surprise, Steve Sarkeesian, you walked into a wide receiver room that hasn't gotten a five-star wide receiver in two years now, two classes, in Jordan Whittington, and he was even an athlete. It seems like beyond B. John Robinson and I guess some of the offensive linemen, there's a lot of question marks in this in this offense. Uh, especially still you have questions around the wide receiver position and you still have questions around and the quarterbacks. Darius, it depends on the day, right? Sometimes Casey Thompson has the better day. Sometimes Hudson Card has the better day. They're rotating them between first teams every other day so that 
you know, one day Casey Thompson's with the first team, one tie, one day Hudson Card's with the first team. But really, how far along are you expecting the quarterbacks to be in this stage and then also at the end of spring? How far along? I mean, uh, reports coming out from Saturday on, on the site, on the TFB site and other places was that Casey Thompson was easily uh, the best quarterback in the scrimmage when a lot of bullets were flying. Um, it said it was night and day. Um, I'm of the opinion that I'm, I've been pretty clear where I stand on, on, on the whole quarterback thing. I don't think it's much of a decision at all, but I understand, you know, the, 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 the need to, to massage the situation because you want folks around. Um, you don't want transfers happening and stuff like that. But, um, Casey's the more experienced guy. He's the older guy. I mean, he's the guy that's, that's, that's done the stuff in the game. It's not, it wouldn't be surprising at all, um, for the coaches and for everybody there to recognize, you know, that he, is the guy moving forward. But again, there's there's no benefit as a staff, in my opinion, to, to making any type of announcement prior to spring being over or even prior to fall camp. Um starting like you kinda like you were alluding to um earlier on. Yeah, I think that this decision, the quarterback decision, is not something that we're gonna know by the end of spring from you know, from everything that we're hearing, even after the first scrimmage. Yeah, Casey Thompson, you know, some people are saying Casey Thompson's ahead I mean, we're saying Casey Thompson's ahead. However, it seems like there's other there's other reports, there's other people who I've I've talked to who are saying, yeah, it's a little closer between the two. Casey Thompson had a great scrimmage, but Hudson Card has the better practices. And maybe it's politics, you know, maybe it's something real. We'll see. But I feel like from everything you're hearing, this is gonna be something that comes down to like a game day decision between who's the starter. As far as how far along these quarterbacks should be at this point under this offense, Steve Sarkeesian said it best that this is still the getting to know you period of this whole process, especially as a new quarterback coming in. Neither of them have started. One of them is younger than the other. It feels like having down days is something that is to be expected for a new quarterback coming in. Yeah, I mean, it's all subjective. I mean, even as the quarterback, you're you're relying on other folks around you. What is a down day? If I'm in with the second group and they're dropping everything that day, but I'm putting everything in the right spot, I mean, it could be reported that I, you know, I had a bad day. I only completed forty percent of my passes. But the truth is, I had the ball going to the right spot on time. You know, I had the ball out quickly, like stuff like that. It just it just depends, you know. And we're not there, so we don't see everything. But um. I just think as a quarterback, what's most important is, you know, regardless of what's going on, you don't get too high, you don't get too low. What coaches are looking for is, you know, the intangibles. What what type of effect do you have on the folks around you? What do you like in the locker room? So I think we're just looking you're looking at everything. And again, it's really it's really early. Um, like like you said, the quote from Sarkeesian in the get to know you stage. Um, they're evaluating everything. As fans, you want to hear about a winner and things like that every day, but the truth is it's a lot more complex than that. It still is a little worrisome to hear that the offense is quote-unquote behind schedule is what I was told I mean what is behind schedule behind schedule as far as what I'm expecting the coaches have a have in mind like the team should be here they should understand this and be executing at this pace so the question becomes the question becomes then okay what am I doing wrong as a staff what am I doing why are we not where I think we should be I need to make an adjustment somewhere all right, I don't want to hear that 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 excuse we hear from Herman staff, Charlie Strong staff, Mac Brown staff, where the, the players don't learn, the players aren't developing. If that if that if they're not getting it, if we're behind, that's on you as a coaching staff. So adjustments need right. to be made. I don't. 
I'm interested to hear what adjustments are made to 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 get the team up to speed. I don't I don't want to hear about we're behind, our guys aren't doing this, guys aren't doing that cuz these guys are getting paid a lot of money to get these guys doing this and doing that. Yeah, and I feel like that's especially true in this offensive line. You have Jake Majors, Andrej Karic. I guess know. you're going to have Kerstetter back. You're going to have Alex o- uh, Denzel Okafor and you'll have Christian uh, Christian Jones. Ongelo. I would say Two of those guys are seasoned, seasoned veterans. No, your super seniors, Okafor and Kerstetter, no, they're, yeah, that's, that's a and huge benefit Angelo. for everybody. And Angelo, Angelo has started, yeah, the last two years. He's got a crap ton of experience. Right, but you're, you don't have Kerstetter in this offensive line right now, but that means that you have the majority, everybody else is pretty new. So Kyle Flood is really going to have to show his development chops with this offensive line. They have a lot of potential to be good. Like They're not five-star studded out there, except for maybe Tyler Johnson out there. But there is potential, I think, for this offensive line to be good next year. I think it's up to Kyle Flood to really get them all to gel and to really develop this offensive line and these offensive line men into... What they what the potential could be with all of them, like you saw you saw with Jake Majors on that one play from scrimmage that was on online on Twitter. If you haven't seen it, it's from B. John B. John Robinson, absolutely juking Tyler Owens and um, Brennan Schooler out of their shoes. It was it was a great play, but you saw Jake Majors getting to the second level. You saw you know Junior Angulo making some good blocks, but you also saw. Christian Jones having a misstep. There's still things that they need to fix here and there. And I feel like it's up to Kyle Flood to really figure out and bring this this offensive line to its potential. Oh, I think the line's going to be fine. I've heard, I've heard Christian Jones is taking, you know, really, really positive strides. And he's looking like a like a different player this spring. Um, on the play you mentioned, I thought he actually did a pretty good job, man, of getting inside. That was Alfred Collins. That was at the three that he reached. Um, and got inside of. Now, Alfred's effort on the play was terrible. Like, I don't know what he was doing. But, no, seeing Jake Majors get to the second level and get a pancake block, I think Majors is going to be your guy. You know what you got in Ungalau. If Christian Jones can take the next step, that obviously goes a huge way with the blind side of your quarterback. But Texas has, again, the situation Texas has at offensive line right now it sure looks a lot different than, it, than we thought it was going to be looking like last year. And you have the same players there. All those guys – um, half starting experience. Um, Jake Majors, Andres Carriage, Tyler Johnson started, you know, conference games last year, played in the bowl game. Um, to get guys like Kerstetter and, and Okafor back as six year seniors is, is huge. It's huge. Um, so I'm 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 excited about the offensive line. I think Kyle Flood is a heck of a was a heck of a as far as just being a a teacher and a position coach, I think he's one of the best there is. Now, you know, there's it's a different story when it comes to being a head coach, offensive coordinator, but just being a position coach, a teacher, I think you might not see another position group on the team take a bigger jump um, from last season um, than the offensive line. I really do. I really do believe that. Right. That's kind of what I'm alluding to and hoping from Kyle Flood is to really see that jump. That's what I'm expecting to see out of this offensive line by the end. It's probably going to be a slower ramp up, but by the end and into the fall camp, I'm expecting to see this offensive line hopefully take a bigger jump due to the fact that they have, you know, they do have those three veterans, but the rest of the team around those veterans is actually 
pretty darn good, as you as you said. Hey, also some positive chatter on some guys that help out with the offensive line. Tight ends, young tight ends, Gunnar Helm. Um, Gunnar Helm supposedly is looking real good. Gunnar Helm holding up in down. the run game, huh? Cade Brewer slimmed down. Ah, I am. Like I said, Gunnar Helm is um has been looking good, been turning some heads, man. I'm I'm starting to get a little bit concerned about uh Braden Leebrock. Um, it's been you know expecting it's a big spring for him. You know, there's a lot of bodies in that room. I'm excited about the tight end room and how they'll be used. We'll see tight end sets, but with guys that can actually, you know, get out and do some things. Right, and having them split out out wide. I, I don't most, like all that. See, I don't, you don't like that. You don't like him being in the inside. As, cool. a, as we talking about Wiley? That's cool. Wiley. Sorry, right. yeah, that's cool. But Brewer, no. <laughs> well, speaking of of those guys, and actually, guys who I've I've heard a lot about, it, Jordan Whittington. I don't think anybody who follows Texas football has not heard a good thing about Jordan Whittington in these spring practices. That dude apparently is just uh, taking it to another level. Uh, especially with Jake Smith being out with the broken foot, he's been able to really shine at that slot wide receiver position. And he seems to be one of the only guys out there who's really turning heads, especially with Troy Marier out and Jake Smith out. I've also heard Marcus Washington's name and, and Kelvante Dixon have also been mentioned, but and Jordan Whittington's the guy right now. Well, think about it with Whittington. And of course, I'm, I'm not going to get myself excited about Whittington because I've seen him struggle with injuries from high oh, school all the way up through now. But think about how he's getting used right now. Whittington's getting used on, you know, he's getting the bubble routes. He's getting the, you know, the two-yard drags where he's getting the ball in space and guys are setting the legal screens. Perfect. Um, he's getting the, the, Perfect. Yeah, he's getting, he's getting, he's going, I saw the orbit motion where he goes behind the running back and off the play action and get the ball in space. Like, he's going, Whittington's going to get quick touches. He's not going to be asked to be going down the field running corner routes and posts and stuff like that. So, I'm um, getting the ball in his hands and pretty much letting that guy be a running back. Um, you know, it's, that's that's how it works with him. But I'm I need Winton to get to the season and actually get through a few games healthy before I get myself too excited about him. Well, it's nice <laughs> to see that they're you know in the little that we do get to see and hear about that they do use him correctly. Right, that was a huge issue with the last staff was player uh, you know personnel usage, and Jordan Winnington was used correctly most of the time by the last staff, but the way that they're getting Jordan Whittington the ball here. I don't agree with that. You don't agree? No, he was hurt. This whole, he missed his whole freshman year because they had him playing running back all spring and didn't have enough bodies. No, it's a horrible misuses. I mean, no, in the second year, he was mostly used as a bubble screen guy. He was still banged up from the previous year. but Sure, yeah. but he was used correctly right. in, in his second year when they had bodies at the running back position. Regardless... Regardless, I'm not going to crap on Tom Herman in his usage of, of Whittington in his second year once they got bodies in, in positions they needed. Regardless, regardless, Jordan Whittington, I, I'm excited about what he can be if he stays healthy. But the question, you know, the question for me is the wide receiver room. And Andre Coleman, he's a guy who is all about the developer guy. That's the reason they wanted him back is he's a developer and he's a potentially good recruiter. He's very, very... Uh, he's the reason. Chris Marshall pretty much said he's the reason Texas is not in his final, <laughs> final eight. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, he, he's he's pretty uh, intense. Hey, but it's like that sometimes. If, if, he's if, very if this intense. Is, if this is about Andre Coleman being, you know, not being fake with a kid, pretty much, hey, this is what I'm about. I'm going to bust your butt, this, 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 this. That's, that's what a kid doesn't want. Then I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. But no, like you're getting too well. Like, who who is the playmaker Who's the guy outside that's going to be the threat? I mean, you know I'm a Josh Moore guy. I mean, I like Josh Moore, but, you know, you never know. 
you know, when Josh is going to be available, you know, or what's going on. Um, Amiri A's banged up, so he'll just be starting to, what, kind of get into football shape midway through fall camp, right? Right, and um, I saw a recent video clip of him, I mean, on the Instagram page for the Texas wide receivers, of him trying to make a cut and just kind of stumbling. So he, and he even he said, you know, I'm getting back yeah, into shape. I'm getting back into that's, it. That's a, that's a huge injury, man. I'm trying to think who else they got. Kenny Lewis, who knows what you get from him. Avante Wooder is not going to be somebody you ever consider, you know, a game breaker type of guy. You know, he's just a solid guy. There, there, there. Yeah, I, I can see that being an issue. That, that's why. That's why it's so exciting to hear about the tight ends, though. You see, there's, there's not. We're missing. They're missing right now that that main target outside, out wide. So to hear about the utilization of, of Jared Wiley, of of Juan Davis, of Gunner Ham, I'm I'm interested to see that the wrinkles there, but they're gonna find ways to get their guys the ball. And Roshan's getting the ball thrown to him and Bijan, so it, it won't just be they won't just the excuse won't just be oh we don't have a good receiver so we couldn't have a good passing game this year, right? Yeah, but it does kind of give you questions because then the whichever defense you're going up against can focus more towards the middle, which is where all your better wide receivers are, your tight end, your your slot wide receiver. Yeah, you can run some slot wide receivers to the outside, but that's not really Steve Sarkeesian's M.O. It, 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 or I guess that's not how you, you want to use guys like Jordan Whittington. You know, you might want to use the drag route a lot to get some of these guys open, but if you can't get take have a guy who can take the top off the defense, then it becomes that much easier for the defense to defend anything you throw at them. Yeah. Speaking of the defense, what I have heard and some good news out of this, out of the camp is this defense is much farther along than they're expecting under Pete Kwiatkowski. I mean, and that, you know, kudos to Pete Kwiatkowski. He's a really, really good defensive coordinator, but I really do think a lot of it has to do with the veteran talent they have on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, even with the loss of of Demarvin Overshone for this, and also I guess Josh Thompson now after he's he got a tweaked his hammy, uh, but well, but by all accounts, right? Josh Thompson's been killing there, right? They don't need to see anything else from him. It, like you're right, yeah. All accounts, Josh Thompson's been killing it, but still, I think you know you be, behind him you have you know, Deshaun Jameson and Darian Dunn. Uh, you know, inside you have. Anthony Cook or Chris Adamora in the back end you have BJ Foster who's been starting for what three four years now on the off on the defensive line you have Alfred Collins who was an incredible freshman uh, Keandre Coburn Mora Ojimo all of these guys who have just been you know who have seen live live action and are done very very well in it your linebacker position yeah okay you have some questions at Jack you have some questions uh, you know on the other side as well at, at Will. You might have a question at Dime, but, I mean, you're kind of getting these answered. You know, you're looking at the portal for some more guys as well. I'm guessing Texas is not done looking at the portal for the linebacker position. You know, you have Ray Thornton who is starting to turn heads. And then the only big question coming into this season or coming into the spring ball that I had was, who's the other safety? And, again, we're hearing Jaron Thompson's actually doing pretty well in the safety position. So, Pete Kwiatkowski kind of walked into a really, really good position, right? Kind of the same way that Bedford walked into it and Todd Orlando walked into their positions where they walked into a lot of veteran talent to try to get their new system together. So whether it was Chris Ash or whoever came in, I feel like I've said this on the podcast, I felt like the defense next year was they were going to be fine with whoever came in and they were going to be good under them. They're going to make this next offensive coordinator or Chris Ash look really good because again, when you have veterans, 
and you're te- teaching veterans or you're you're keeping a system under veterans, it just it's just that much easier. Yeah, I mean, and look, here's the thing, man. I, I hate to be that guy, but at the end of the day, defense, somebody make a tackle. It don't matter. You can be messing stuff up. You can't get the wrong step going the wrong way. End of the day, make a tackle, right? It doesn't work like that on offense. So, I mean, you're going to always hear about the defense being ahead. But um, to hear – a guy like B.J. Foster is having a good spring. Like I'm, that's important because I just a guy like him. I just think he needs to get his confidence back. So you know, as a player, and again, change isn't always good. These guys have gone through too much change. But for a guy, some guys like Foster, um, a guy like Marcus Tillman, who who couldn't stay, who has had problems staying healthy. I feel like you have a clean slate. You know, apparently Jacoby Jones is having a strong spring. I've never viewed Jacoby Jones as a plus player, right? But it just. If guys don't have to think, again, if guys, even if nothing is even, they could be running the same stuff <laughs> they were running under Chris Ash. But just if you think you're doing something different, if you think somebody's approach is better just because mentally if you're in a different headspace, you know, you'll you'll see positive results just because what you believe. As far as Pete Kwiatkowski and the whole deal, until we can actually see it ourselves and, you know, even at the spring game, you know, we're going to be analyzing every single alignment and stuff like that. Um, until we actually see it, um, with live bullets flying against a real um, opponent, all judgments got to be reserved. And hey, let me just say, I hey, I got some friends that that work for the University of Louisiana. Will Louisiana thinks they're going to win that game to open up oh, the yeah. season this fall? And that's a, that's a yeah, that's a, that's a top twenty five team program returning a lot of folks from last year. Texas better be ready to play to start the season. I got folks in Louisiana. I think they're going to win that game. I'm serious. Like yeah. like offering to bet me money. I'm like I don't. Y'all too confident. I don't, I'm good. <laughs> I don't want nothing to do with it. Yeah. But, um, I mean, Texas has, we talked about it, Texas has a hellish slate this season where they have to face Iowa State at Iowa State. You know, obviously they have Oklahoma who has another year under Spencer Rattler and, and actually have a running back this time and, you know, veteran offensive line and a defense under another year of Grinch. And you also have on top of that Skylar Thompson coming back TCU don't another they, they year. Go to Max, Arkansas, don't they? Max Duggan, yeah, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Max Duggan, Quentin Johnston, and then you have Arkansas who seems to be on the upswing after last year. It, it just seems like Texas has a murderer's row of of people next year. And going back to the defense, Pete Kwiatkowski, uh, I feel like he'll really he'll look good this year due to his defense. I think we can expect coming out of the spring this defense to look good. I'm I'm going to go ahead and call that. He's got a track record. Yeah, he's going to defense is going to be fine. Defense is going to be fine. No, you don't I, I you know, coming out of spring, I'm going to be very interested in what this offense looks like. It's going to be uh, fine. You know why? Why? Cuz number 11's on the center and his name ain't Sam Ellinger. <laughs> How funny would it be? I it wouldn't be funny. I I'd be sad for Sam Ellinger, but still no. How funny would it be if if Casey Thompson gets the number 11 gets retired, and it's Casey Thompson, not Sam Ellinger. That's because Casey Thompson has been sitting there. He's wanted number 11. He's wanted to be the starter. He's been waiting this whole time. I'm trying to tell you, man, this thing's locked up. It's locked up. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised, Darius. But coming into the fall, I'm expecting to have Pete Kwiatkowski earn his money next year when you have a bunch of guys leave. That's when I, that's when I think he's going to earn his money. Prediction. Go Brandon ahead. Schooler ends up starting at least 
six games this season. At some Why point. is that? Why do you think that? Because I think he's a heck of a football player. I mean, he was a he was kind of an impact player at Oregon. He was a good you, safety at Oregon. Yes. Did you see that in that play in the, from in the scrimmage? I watched where, all yeah, of He it, came yeah. in at a terrible mm-hmm. angle, but that dude has wheels. He outran Barron. Yep, he outran Darian Dunn. Who's a who's a he outran B. John Robinson. Oh, uh, we've seen B. John get caught quite a few times. That's I, true. I'm not, I'm not gonna go. That's there. true. But um, that's that's the one thing he missed. He doesn't have, and that and you saw does. that in that clip. Yep. Is he doesn't have a third gear. He has yep. a first, he has a second, but he doesn't have that third gear where he can burn a defensive back. Yep. So he'll get drafted in the twenties instead of the, you know, teens. That'd be oh, right. that's right. that's so too too bad for him, man. That's just yeah. I'm calling I want I want him to have a Heisman. I want him I think he I think he can get a Heisman his junior year. I want my contract. I don't care about no Heisman, man. You gotta get out healthy. I want the Heisman. I want the Heisman That's what Darius. You, yeah, them, them days are over. You need you better try to call Sam Ellinger back, you know, folks that can stay. Or maybe you can get your grad transfer like basketball. Now since free agency's coming. Free agency is starting in college football. Remember Thursday? Maybe we need to talk about that. The one time transfer rule is getting passed. So coaches, talk crazy to that kid at your own risk. Right? Yeah. Yeah, players got some power now. I'm excited. It, I need to sue. Of, can I sue the NCAA for my year back, my transfer year? I had to sit out. You know you? a good lawyer? I don't think so. I won't win that. Uh, I think I had I to sit know. out a year for They're, transferring, and now kids don't have to do that. I feel I feel cheated. I feel, I feel like that that falls under the rule. And I'm not a lawyer here. My sister's going to be a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer, uh, but I feel that like that falls under like the. I, I can argue. I lost. Millions of dollars. I didn't get another year to play football. I, I could be in the NFL right now. We could be not talking right now. You know who who's to say you wouldn't talk to me, know? Darius, if you were in the NFL? No, I'm too big time. No, no. Talk to my, <laughs> talk to my, talk to my. You have to talk to people to talk to people to talk to people to maybe get to me. I have to decide. Okay. Yeah, no, hell no. Push the button on you. Did not. <laughs> no, I can't give me. But, no uh, can't give me no. Yeah, money. I feel like the NCAA would would be protected under. A rule like you can't be commit, you know, uh, tried for a law that was no, changed no, no, no after you jeopardy. committed the the felony or nah, the. They the, owe me some the, money, man. Missed one minute. I had mental trauma. I had to sit a season. I couldn't play. You know, see them, see them for some mental weight. trauma. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think I got a case, but all right. They hurt your feelings, Darius. Nah, I screwed me. <laughs> nah. It's all good. So, Darius, do you have any any ideas for any surprises that are coming out of spring ball? Anything that you think is going to surprise Texas fans? Out of spring ball, surprise. I told you, Brendan Schooler is going to be the third safety, and who will end up starting games this season at safety and play and will play well. He'll be better than Dylan Hayes or his coach Blake Gideon. Ooh, ooh, ooh! I think Marcus Washington somehow works his way into your third wide receiver. And I don't know if that says more about wide receiver or Marcus Washington. So that's what my surprise is. Oh, give me another surprise. Offensively, Kelvante Dixon is the deep threat for Texas this year along with Josh Moore. Kelvante Dixon will have 20-plus catches this season. I wonder average how, over 18 yards a catch. I wonder how Steve Sarkeesian will use his wide receivers because he's going to yeah. have a lot of, you know, the good wide receivers he has, they're all small guys. It's Calvante Dixon, Josh Moore, Jordan Whittington. Wait, wait, Jake wait. Smith. What do you mean small guys? How about this? They're not like uh, jump ball guys. Who who was who were the jump ball guys at, at Bama? That's Jalen Waddell. Jalen Waddell did a damn jump ball. That dude could jump out the roof. He they could jump out Alabama the gym. Alabama didn't throw any jump balls. Those I know, guys he didn't, were wide, he didn't throw any jump balls. wide open. Right. No, I mean, I guess – 
I guess that makes sense. I guess I'm I'm still stuck in the Tom Herman thought of of you need that big wide receiver. I'm interested to see. Just just, you know, just 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 say it. Tom Herman had no clue how to recruit a wide receiver or what or what he's looking for a wide receiver. That's that's real simple. He had no clue. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there there's a reason that they missed on a bunch of bunch of guys. Jackson Smith, Nick, but <clears throat> Garrett Wilson. Um, yeah, you know, you'll have Kelvante Dixon, you'll have Jordan Whittington, Jake Smith, and Josh Moore out there, right? right. I, I'm interested to see how they use those guys. You, you have some good wide receivers. I don't know if they're. They're top end talent, but they're they're good. I'm interested to see what formations they're put in to to best utilize their talent because yep. you haven't seen that where you know you actually get your best players on the field. So, recruiting for Texas, as we mentioned, your transfer portal is opening, and so is recruiting in general. Uh, you have in January on June first. After a year and a half of dead period, everything is going to open up. The recruits are going to go on all their trips. You're finally going to have these guys who are committed all these places, taking their official visits and taking their unofficial visits and actually you know, seeing the schools. And you know maybe people are going to change their mind. Texas or Oklahoma or wherever are going to change their mind and say, you know, actually, after talking to the coaches face-to-face, I feel differently. Darius, I mean, I've been looking at this 2022 class and – Given the, you know, where things stand now, where Texas could, you know, what the expectations could be for Texas. But I think we we need to sort of temper this real fast with maybe a a talking down uh, about what Texas fans expectations should be with everything opening up on June 1st. Just be prepared. Everybody's going to have guys that are, quote unquote, the leaders of their class the most solid guys, kids are going to take visits. Kids have not been able to to be on a college campus, you know, getting their butts kissed by by folks the entire time. They feel like they've missed out on the experience. You know what I'm saying? Talk talk to some of those 2021 guys. They're, I mean, that's why Evan Stewart decommitted. Well, that's and part one of the, the things with Stewart. I think part of it, too, he's got folks in his ear about the, you know, the SEC and stuff like that. But um, kids are going to take visits, man. And, and I, I just <laughs> – it's going to be part of it. This is going to be the craziest year. Um, as far as recruiting goes and um and, and flips and decommitments and things like that that I think we've seen in the last I don't know how to quantify, maybe in the last, you know, five years or so. It's 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 gonna be crazy. So, you know, don't don't be upset when you hear somebody like Jadon Blue is taking a visit to Oklahoma or taking a visit to L S U. You know, don't be surprised if you hear Armani Winfield is 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 took a visit to Ohio State. Kids wanna get out and see places. It's all about especially now, it's all about Showing folks, you know, how coveted you are, you know, and how big you are. And it's about to happen. So, you know, don't get your feelings hurt. <laughs> it's also interesting because now coaches more than ever, and it started to become more this way, are going to be held to their word for what they say on the recruiting trail. With the transfer portal opening up and the NCAA quickly doing away with the one-year transfer rule, you know, coaches are going to be held to their word. Uh, on what they say and how they make players feel. If I'm telling you, yeah, you're going to be a wide receiver when you come to campus and then you get to campus and you're a defensive back, you know, that's that's a coach going up against his word. And, yeah. you know, you might, hey. might lose that kid. Hey, I would have used that. Yeah. But yeah, it happens, man. It happens. But, no, um, it's going to be important um, when most crazy now, like we talk about how players get their information from the guys that are in your program, right? What if – 
I just we gotta be real careful, man. I don't how do we how's it gonna be policed as far as <laughs> like moles on teams and stuff like that? Well God knows he's out of here. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, now like eh, it could get hairy with this one year transfer thing, man. But it's it's certainly gonna be a whole new ball game. It might not be to... as bad as as you know, like most stuff, it won't be as bad as, as... Lincoln Riley sure is is happy with it. Lincoln Riley's gonna have to get that that rule is about to change the interconference. All that stuff's about to change, so you know it's it's I don't know, man. This this could be crazy. It could be like basketball where you're gonna see like you're seeing, um, you'll have one team. Will you have your your entire <laughs> your wide receiver core and starting running backs might be completely different from one year to the next. You know, it's just we've yet to see how how big of an impact it actually has. But you know, with basketball, it's taking over now. Baylor just won a national championship with with all transfers, man, and and two kids that he recruited and had there the whole time. Right, um, you're about to, we're about to talk about it in a little bit. Chris Beard's about to have a where he's where he's going everywhere. He's the roster's been overturned with with transfers, on um, with older guys. So I think it's about to be we're about to see something similar happen with football. Where yeah, you see guys you know kind of team up for their senior year. You know, as 22, 23 year olds and go go play together at one school that played together um, on the seven on seven circuit. We haven't seen that happen yet. I think that's the next step, kind of like AAU basketball. You know, guys like Faison, Wilson, Malik Murphy, oh, well, stuff didn't work out at Texas. Oh, we'll, we'll meet up over here at Virginia Tech. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think we're about to see that happen in the next two, three years. That's interesting. I, I haven't even thought about that and, and, and things shaking out that way. Uh, but one thing I have been kind of looking at is what Texas should expect in this year where it is a it's, – it's that grace period that coaches get when it comes to recruiting – before they really put anything out on the field. Tom Herman, it was the 2018 class. Here it's the 2022 class. And I'm looking at where, you know, everything's going to change in June, right? So basically give this show a month or two and it might be, I wanted to use the word deprecated, but that's very much coding. It might be outdated. Uh, But right now, after this latest uh, composite ranking change, Texas actually has a shot if all things stay the same which they won't as a shot at landing six of the top 50 players in the nation it has a shot i'm not saying it's going to happen but you look you're looking at number 6 devin harris denver harris number 8 devon campbell number 12 harold perkins i'm not i'm just going to throw it out there i don't think it's happening but i'm still throwing it out there kevin coleman again see see harold perkins Kelvin Banks, Jacoby Matthews, C. Perkins and Coleman, Evan Stewart, Bryce Anderson, and Jaden Blue. Those are all the guys Texas is going. That's nine guys that Texas is going for and has a shot in the top 50. You know, notice I, I don't have yours, Omari Abor, uh, or, you know, guys like Booker. But I think Texas has a legit shot or leads right now with three of those guys. Campbell, Devon Campbell. I don't think that's, you know, Bryce Anderson, and Jade on Blue. I mean, Jade on Blue being a, a commit. I think there are three legit shots with guys like like Denver Harris, Kelvin Banks, and Evan Stewart. I think Evan Stewart is between Texas, Oregon, or the SEC. And then you have the three long shots in, in Harold Perkins, Kevin Coleman, and Jacoby Matthews. I'm sure there are going to be more people that, that come out. But right now, you know, if you're looking at that and comparing it to the 2018 class that Tom Herman had in his first year, which everybody was like, wow, it's the best class ever. Texas only landed three guys in the top 50 in 2018. 
So you're looking at, at this and you're saying, okay, Texas has a shot with at least three guys, like a really good shot with at least three guys. If all th- again, if all things stay the same and a good shot, a legit shot above average shot with six guys. And then if you want to expand that even to farther, the top 100 guys where you have 69, number 69, Nuefe Tui Halumaka. You want to, you want to correct me on that one, Darius? Junior Tui Halumaka. And number 71, CJ Williams. Number 72, Malik Murphy, who's already committed. Number 88, BJ Allen, already committed. And number 97, Cam Dewberry. Texas had seven of the top 100 in 2018. Right now they have three. And they're looking like around six to eight. And, you know, the, the ceiling is really high. This, and also, you know, with everything changing, it, it could fall out. But it looks like right now, and it, a huge asterisk, it looks like right now Texas could have the potential for a better class in 2022 than they did in 2020 in 2018. And I think a lot of that has to do with recruiters like Jeff Banks, Bo Davis, Terry Joseph and Blake Gideon have been killing it. And actually having your head coach be a legitimate recruiting threat and an actual recruiter rather than a guy who who sort of leads from afar. He's a guy who's actually on the front lines of the recruiting battles. I think it's also got to be mentioned still with that 2018 crew. All those top seven, eight guys you mentioned were all defensive backs or wide receivers. Right. So it's a little bit of a, a misrepresentation there of what of exactly – you know, how stocked it is. And from that group, Jalen Green is gone. He transferred. Brandon Eagles is gone. He declared for the draft. And he wasn't that um, great either. No, he wasn't. So, you know, I, I would – if everything were to go according to the rankings, you know, Will uh, – I'm sorry, Caden Stearns is in the draft. So, yeah. um, but, you know, that's it, been He was a, the top guy you had in that, in that class, but he was only number 17. You have a shot, like a legit shot with the number six and number eight player. Like, you haven't had that type of recruiting since – the good old days of Mac Brown. Yeah, that's true. But um, I I don't think you're gonna see 2022. So from the folks you've mentioned, you, know, you talked about Matthews, those guys. I don't think there's any chance with Matthews. Coleman's a long shot. Yeah, like you said. But um, Denver Harris. We have to remember Denver Harris suffered a big knee injury. He's probably not gonna be playing the senior season. Um, it remains to be seen who all stays. You know, hot after Denver. You know, because it's you know I think it's reasonable to to, to to assume that he, he'll just be starting around into form and get more comfortable by the time it's springtime. So if he's a spring enrollee, like you're, you're getting a guy that's not – the hope is that he's ready to play his freshman year, right? Um, who's the other guy you just mentioned? Well, I'm sorry. I'm drawing a Devon blank. Campbell. Um, Devon Campbell. Devon um, Campbell. Devon Campbell was a guy I, I thought was um pretty strong chance he would end up at Texas. But, you know, from being around Devon you know, recently and, and, and seeing the reports from CJ and I'm just talking to others, his new head coach, um, Devon truly doesn't know where he wants to go. Um, so it, it's open to a place like Oklahoma could blow him away. A&M's not really in it, but, you know, he could be blown away. It's not – nothing is set in stone anywhere. Even the guys that are committed, you know, outside of B.J. Allen, you know, I, I think they're worth keeping an eye on because, um, I mean, like we, like we mentioned earlier in this podcast, kids have been starving, <laughs> craving to get out and get some attention, man. So, mm-hmm. but just like with Texas, you know, the danger of getting picked off, Texas could also, you know, woo some kids as well. You know, I'm I'm excited to see what this staff can do with folks on campus. It'll be the first time. It's our first glimpse of seeing, you know, what this staff is capable of. They got paid a lot of money. You know, Jeff Banks is paid to be be a rainmaker. 
Terry Joseph, Blake Gideon, from everything we hear, is supposed to be some, you know, big time recruiters, man. So let's see. Let's find out. So I, I can't wait and count down. Just like there'll be some losses, Will, there are gonna be some some big W's too. Um, but what they are, we can't tell you. We don't know. And also, you know, talking about Denver Harris, you also have guys like Terrence Brooks. Love Terrence and, Brooks. Right. Love he's and he's Terrence great, Brooks. but he's not well, you know, he's not highly rated. That's going like, to change at some point. That's the best corner in the state. But from what Kay just reported, was it yesterday or today? Um, a few days ago. Texas is, is in a good spot now with Brooks. Matter of fact, Oklahoma's looking like they're out of it. So you're worried about A&M, worried about Alabama. Um, if you can get Terrence Brooks taking his first official, it's going to be to Texas in June. So it's it's a chance there. That's one I can get excited about. Brooks I can get right. excited about. I think y'all should get excited about. It looks like Texas could have, by the numbers, one of their best classes and you can be excited about that. But at the same time, tentative excitement and also understanding that guys like Terrence Brooks who are underrated are guys who they might take over. You know, I don't want to say they would take over, but if they get Brooks, how does Denver Harris feel about that in a two-cornerback two class? I mean, Texas would want him regardless. But how legit is Devon Campbell's uh, Devon Campbell's love for Texas or, you know, supposed lean towards Texas. It, it, you have all these question marks, but if everything stays as it, it does look right now, Texas is in for a, a really good class. However, you know, you also have to combat Oklahoma and Texas A&M and Alabama and Ohio and State. USC has a hard on. The staff has a hard on for Texas. Everything, every kid that Texas is recruiting, you notice – USC is offered, trying to get official visits set up. All they're getting from. So think about it right now. AM's talking nonstop noise, negativity about Texas. USC, nonstop negativity about Texas. And they're recruiting all of your same kids. Texas, it's not going to be easy. And you're hearing folks, um, Bryce Anderson was supposed to commit last week, right? He's saying, oh, now I'm going to wait till the season. Like these kids are being told, well, wait till the season, wait till the season, wait till they fall apart. You'll see, you'll see. So it's, nobody's going to make it easy on Texas to get this. First year coaching bump that you normally get, man. A lot of negativity from opposing uh, programs in the region that recruit the same kids. It's just it's a little different than other. It's people don't want to hear it, but it, it is different than a lot of other places have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about basketball now. We usually oh, don't talk about everybody's basketball. Everybody's golden boy, Chris Beard. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Chris Beard is second only to Hudson Card in the favorite <laughs> list on. For everybody, man. Everybody, everybody has been tearing bitter white guy apart. Everybody's been tearing anybody who has anything bad to say guy. about Chris Beard. So Darius, now Darius enters the ring. What happened? Who was that? What happened? Oh, bitter white guy. He's he's one of the Texas basketball analysts. Uh-huh. Um, the guy who the other guy who who writes for Inside Texas. Basically, anybody who who really knows Texas basketball has been. Uh-huh. Either tentatively excited or not excited about Chris Beard. No, I'm telling you, he's a fraud. <laughs> he's a fraud. <laughs> but hey, he's gonna get them transfers in. One thing he's gonna do is get them transfers in, man. He's gonna have a good first year, man. He's gonna have a good first year, but he's not no dummy. He's not no dummy. For real quick, get into it. Hey, Texas, um, y'all know about him bringing back Chris Ogden from UTA. All right. Mm. Woohoo. Rodney Terry from UTEP. Woohoo. Fun fact, both of those guys were about to get fired after this upcoming season, okay? They just got out a year early and got raises to come be assistants for Beard, okay? But they're going um, to handle things for Beard as far as the X's and O's. The guy's doing the heavy lifting on the recruiting trail. The name you need to know, Yurik Maligi, okay? Big name on the DFW recruiting scene. He's coming with um, Beard from Texas Tech, all right? 
Um, Yurik was the – if you look up the Emmanuel Moutier recruitment, you'll see Yurik. Um, if you look up SMU and Keith Fraser, you'll see Yurik, okay? Um, Shaka tried to hire Yurik four years ago, a few years ago. Texas would not let him would not let him hire him. But um, Beer has been allowed to bring him. Tremendous recruiter. Um, all these kids, Jalen Tyson, um, that decommitted from Texas is coming to Texas. That's all Yurik, okay? They know how to play recruiting in the world of college basketball. Wink, wink, nudge, and, nudge. Uh, college basketball is the slimiest, grimiest, most ridiculous, embarrassingly childish, seeing grown folks do stuff to woo kids. It's, 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 it's unbelievable. But um, Texas is going to be a major player in the DOW area moving forward with that guy on, on, on staff as well as Jarence Howard. Jarence Howard um, was coming over from Kansas um, to come work for Beard, just like uh, Urich, tremendous recruiter, um, big name in the DOW area. So Kansas is big in, in, in DOW. If you look at Kansas recruiting over the last uh, dozen years, nearly every year they get a, a, a top player from DFW. That's about to change with Terrence here. Texas is about to get some higher name prospects in here. They're about to play the game, man. But um, um, I'm gonna run down real quick some of these names of these young guys, high school guys you need to get to know, get familiar with, and I'm gonna talk about um the transfers that Texas just landed um this week as well. Be my guest. So before we get to the high school guys, let's focus on the guys that are actually gonna be playing next year that you need to be focused on. Um, the first name you need to know, Timmy Allen. Okay, is transferring over to huge, Texas from Utah. Huge transfer. Big time. Big time. So this is what I know about Timmy Allen. Timmy Allen was one of, and you understand there are, there are thousands of kids in the, in the transfer portal, right? Timmy Allen was the uh, guy, undoubtedly is one is one of the top six or seven transfers in the entire portal. Okay, it's a do it all type of guy that was has been Utah's best player the past two seasons. Um, he was a second team All Pac Ten guy, um, as a sophomore, first team All Pac Ten selection this past year. He's been a starter since his freshman year. He's played in eighty five games. Okay, he's played in 85 games and is still going to have two years of eligibility since this past year he didn't count to play at Texas. And for his career, okay, he's averaging 15 and a half points, uh, over six rebounds, over three assists, and shooting 48% from the field and 74% from the free throw line. All of those numbers, um, the points, the rebounds would have led Texas last year. The assists would have been second on the team. Um, the shooting percentage would have been um, tops on the team from a guy that's not, um, not a center. Allen's a, a six. He's six six. Um, he's he's a modern day undersized four man. Um, he's kind of the perfect college player because he doesn't have great length. He's not super athletic, and he's a, he's a career twenty six percent three point shooter, which is why he's not you know headed to the NBA draft instead of transferring 26? to Texas. Twenty six. Yeah, twenty six. He's got he's got to prove <laughs> that he can um that he can shoot Holy three sh- better. Oh, uh, it gets better with the next transfer. Don't worry. But but think about Allen again. Will Will he can shoot the open three? Okay, it's just not his game. He doesn't shoot much of over his career. He's only shot. He's averaged one point four threes per game. He doesn't shoot it. Okay, he wants to get to the mid range. He wants to get in somebody's body and get to the paint, get to the post, and he can handle the ball a little bit. But he's a he's a the perfect college player. All right, right. perfect college player. He'll I, I be Texas' like best player next year. He what Chris Beard needs to get to compliment him and really kind of put this team in a position where. They are in a in actually a pretty good spot next year. Is a big guy. That's what they need out of this transfer portal. They got their number four. They got their number four guy. They lost after Kamaka Heppel's going to leave, and after basically everybody else left. You need a number four, and you need a number five. They just got their number four, and he's really really good. All right, but no, he's a huge pickup, man. He's going to be their best player next year again. In a lot of ways, perfect college player. Only reason he's coming is because Utah fired their coach. 
Um, the next guy is Devin Askew. Um, Devin Askew was the number one point guard in the 20, um, I want to say 2020 class. Um, he originally was a 2021 guy. He reclassified uh, prior to the start of the year because Kentucky had a hole. Calipari promised him a starting job. So he reclassified. He should have still been in high school this past year. Um, he gets to Kentucky, plays in 25 games, starts 20 of them. Um, as you all, for those that aren't familiar, Kentucky had their worst season uh, since the 1920s this past year. They were 9-16. and 16. And um, Devin asked you just getting a lot of blame uh, for that from the fans. You know Kentucky, recent history, they were expecting, you know, John Wall, De'Aaron Fox. But, I mean, the truth is this kid should have still been in high school. Um, he averaged six and a half points, um, just under three assists a game and two and a half rebounds. Um, but he also averaged – uh, 2.2 turnovers per game. So that assist to turnover ratio is not very good. Devin Askew shot 34.5% from the field last year and 27% from three. Um, so he's a guy, <laughs> so he's a guy that, um, like most college players, he's got to improve his perimeter shooting. Um, I think coming he's to Texas. He's a four year big. player if I've ever seen one. Huh? He's a four year player if I've ever seen I, one. Again, he's a five star number one point guard prospect in the country for twenty twenty. But um I think he's more of a combo guard. He's a guy that um can give you some spot duty at the point guard, but he's a combo guard kinda like Courtney that's, Ramey. That's the type of player where people are like, Why doesn't why doesn't my team recruit shooters? And then you look at their you know, it's like Jacob Young. You look at like their their stat breakdown in high school and you're like oh yeah that guy's a shooter and then he comes to college and he has to learn to play at another level and everybody's like well why don't they why don't they recruit shooters and, and the real reason is you know, look at jace fabrics like they have to actually grow into it most you don't usually get you don't usually land a trey young to be fair to Devin, again man he was still supposed to be in high school he was not ready to be handed the keys under the pressure cooker like kentucky so the, the grit news, the best part about this for Texas is they're pretty much getting a kid. They're pretty much getting a true freshman all over again. Because, I mean, if you look at it, look at the 2021 class. He's younger than the number one prospect in that class, Chet Holmgren. Um, Jaden Hardy, he's younger than Jaden Hardy. He's younger than Hunter Salas. So Texas is essentially getting a five-star freshman that pretty much got some free experience last year, um, you know, pretty much getting um, tore apart um, under the country's biggest microscope. So there should be a lot of room for improvement with Devin Askew. And he looks like a guy that, in my opinion, uh, should develop into a starter, you know, as a junior, as a senior, and, and be a, a big-time contributor for Texas. But he's not, yeah, he's not. You see, y'all see five stars. He's not He's not that kind of guy, okay? He's going to be a work in progress. But he's still a good pickup, and I think he replaces Courtney Ramey. I don't think Ramey's going to be coming back. And it's already been announced that, that Matt Coleman is not coming back. But Texas is getting back, like you mentioned, Jace Frapers and um, Andrew Jones is returning. So moving forward, those are the two additions so far from the transfer portal. Um, again, Allen's going to be a stud. He'll probably be the best player next year. Ask you, I think, um, you know, we'll withhold judgment on, but I think it's fair to get excited because, again, you're pretty much getting a free free five-star freshman, um, and it doesn't cost you anything if he doesn't work out. Um, as far as the high school guys go, there was a huge tournament this past weekend up at Duncanville High School. Um, got a chance to take a look at some of the best players in the region, and these are guys that Texas is going to be going after now. Um, they were major targets at Texas Tech under Beard, under Yorick Maligi, um, huge targets at Kansas um, under Jarence Howard. The first guy is point guard Keontae George um, from Louisville, Texas. Um, Keontae is a potential, let me get it out the way, he's a potential uh, prep to pro kind of guy. He might not go to college. Um, the good news for Texas fans, though, is that um, if he was going to be going to college, most folks thought he would be going to Tech. Um, Yorick's been all over him for a long time. The second team that you hear mentioned most with uh, Keontae is Kansas. And his top recruiter at Kansas, T Jarrence Howard, is also now at Texas. 
So I think it's safe to assume that if this kid does choose to go to college, Texas is going to be the choice. And that would be bad news for a guy like Devin Askew. All right, moving forward. Um, Arterio Morris is a shooting guard. Um, he gets called a point guard by some people. He's a shooting guard, okay, from Dallas Kimball, combo guard. Um, he's definitely, as far as running the offense, that's not his thing. If he's going to be handling the ball, he's a guy you want in the pick and roll. He'll get you a bucket. Um, Arterio is a five-star guy. was previously committed to Memphis um, during his sophomore year. Um, has a tremendous relationship with Yurik. Again, um, Jarence Howard. I'm sorry, I said Yurik. Jarence Howard is the guy with the big relationship here for Morris. Um, was recruiting him at Kansas. Another guy, to, another name to write down, Arterio Morris. Um, Richardson, there are two guys at Richardson. There's a wing named Rylan Griffin that's about 6'6", and there's a combo guard named Kaysen Wallace that's about 6'2", 6'3". Um, the number two a, and the number five player in the state right now. Yeah, yeah. What is that, what's that weight? What are those rankings on? Kaysen uh, Wallace is a five-star, point nine nine three. So On 247? On 247, just okay. a composite. And then Rylan okay. Griffin is a point nine seven seven six composite. Okay, so from what I've seen from them two, and crazy enough, we actually, DeSoto played Richardson in the playoffs last year too, so I got to see him up close. Um, Kaysen can run the point, kind of like Arterio, though. I'm of the opinion he's more of a combo guard at this point, um, although he does have a better feel for running offense than him. Um, Kaysen's the three-level scorer. Um, he's a guy that's being recruited really hard right now by places like um, like Baylor. Um, Arizona, Auburn, you know, it's still early with him. Um, I don't, I'm not as familiar with Casey and his his relationship with Texas to this point, but with Ryland, I know that Ryland's a guy who's seen his stock rise a lot. And um, Baylor's been the name big time, big early for him. But um, Ryland Griffin and Casey Wallace, those kids at Richardson, if y'all live in the area anywhere, can get out to a game this fall. Um, I think it's definitely worth it. And, you know, one of those two or possibly both could possibly end up wearing burnt orange uh, for my folks listening. The next guy, uh, wing Anthony Black. From Capel, who we mentioned um, earlier, Anthony Black just retired from playing football. Anthony Black was a top thirty football recruit at wide receiver. Um, Anthony's a six five, six six wing. He can handle a little bit of the do it all type of guy. But his dad played basketball at Baylor, and um, the belief is that you know behind the scenes is that it would be a big surprise if, if Anthony ended up anywhere besides uh, Scott playing for Scott Drew and the Bears. Um, last two names I have for you. Um, combo guard Bryce Griggs. Actually, I should just call him a shooting guard. Bryce is not a point guard. Bryce Griggs is instant offense. Um, he's a guy that's in range as soon as he crosses half court. Um, Bryce actually at one point was being considered a five star guy, possibly a, a you know a, 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 a prep the pros kind of guy. That talk has died down a little bit over the last year. Um, Bryce is at his best, you know, in in the open floor. You know, at the half court is where he tends to struggle at at times. But if you need a bucket. Um, think Bryce Griggs. Think uh, he's kind of like Andrew Jones was before, you know, prior to, um, you know, when he first arrived at Texas. And uh, all the schools involved there are the in-state guys, SMU, Texas A&M, Houston. So um, Griggs is another name. And then lastly, Jordan Walsh, who is a forward from up here in Dallas. Um, he attends Life Oak Cliff. Um, Walsh is about 6'7", can play the four. He's a four-man. He's not a three, even though he'll, um, you know, some guys like to do that. He's a four-man. Um He'll have to continue to work on his ball handling and catching soup to be able to appeal to folks as a wing. But if you if if Jordan catches the ball <laughs> with momentum or in open space, you know he's a he's a walking highlight reel. Um, plays with tremendous energy, very willing passer, and is a big time uh, help side help side shot blocker. Um, another guy with a great relationship with Yurik. Um, Yurik offered him um, back when he was actually at Texas A and M. So this is three four years ago. So um, no nah, man. Um, Things are changing on the basketball front. Those were the names, the main names I wanted you all to get familiar with. Um, it's a very strong chance that at least 
two or three of the guys in, in the 2022 class, Texas signing class, will come from those names I just mentioned. Um, big guys are still to be decided, both for the upcoming season and in the future. But, um, yeah, got to see those guys this weekend. Thought, thought the fans, thought you all want to hear about it. What a what an information dump. That was that was quite a lot, Darius. I hope I wasn't talking too fast. I'm sorry. No, no. Uh, that was good information. I mean, you got to see it all firsthand, too. And you got to talk to the coaches. I mean, you get to talk to the coaches while you're up there in DFW as well. So, I mean, I would I would trust what you're saying. Yeah, man. Big time, big time. Texas is involved with some big time guys for this upcoming year. Right. I'm just I'm hoping that for Texas' sake, that the DFW continues to be beyond you know, 2022 and 2023 if they do keep Ulrich and Howard mm-hmm. continues to be as good as they have been these past two years because I've looked past you know four or five years it's been okay it hasn't been incredible but it's been okay yeah I mean yeah just as far as the rankings go I mean like Texas Texas as a whole the state as a whole has been pumping out talent um for the last 20 years now that that's on par with anybody so um, to get some guys on staff now that you know, Shaka was by himself pretty much when it came to rec- to, the, to the recruiting, and he's an East Coast guy. Um, for his recruiting chops at Virginia Commonwealth, um, he had a hard time in state. You know, outside of the local guys, you know, Greg Brown worked out because he lives in Austin. Um, he had to get Will Baker because he went to Westlake. You know, Brock Cunningham. So, if you just look at the history, Texas had a hard time um, in state um, over the past six, seven years. But that's that's about to change in a major way um, with the guys that are in here now. Completely agree. Completely agree. Well, I think on that note, y'all, this has been 4th and 5, your Longhorn Nation podcast, and I've been your host, Will Bazer. You guys can find me on Twitter at W-I-L-L-B-A-I-Z-E-R-D-T. Where can we find you? Hey, y'all can find me in the same place, uh, Coach DT underscore TFB. I would love to hear from you all. I appreciate you um, listening in. Hopefully we help you helped you get through your day and helped you kill a little bit of time. And if you haven't been following TexasOutTheFootballBrainiacs.com or – enjoying the pay site at utdonors.thefootballbrainx.com. You've been missing out on the Thirsty Thursdays from yeah, our guy, out DT. On a lot of stuff, man. We got CJ, Will, Kareem. We got updates nonstop, man. This, the TFV is the place to be. And we're not going to feed you any BF. A lot of places like to fluff stuff up. We're not regurgitating any information. We're not going to, you know, we're going to shoot it straight to you. Um, we're the best out there. Just my my humble opinion. <laughs> You guys can find our other shows and other podcasts just like this one on the Hornscast channel. You're listening to it right now. So go ahead and give a subscribe and hit that subscribe button and uh, give us give us a rating. Tell us what you think of the show. We really enjoy hearing the feedback. On that note, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you all next time. Hook them.